Hey, uh, a number of years ago, uh, you may have known if you're here early part of the church, but I used to play music down at a, a theater in Elkins, a Gandhi Dancer Theater, and was kind of bivocational. And then eventually, as the church started growing, I couldn't couldn't keep up with both things, and so transitioned here full time. And as I left, a, 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 some, a guy came in to take my place, and I got to know him. And uh, just as God does sometimes, he he kind of put his hand on his life and brought him into ministry. So we've both kind of gone from musician into ministry. And, uh, and he is pastoring a great church down in Elkins, West Virginia. And over the past couple of years, we've got to be good friends. And Patty and I got to spend some time with he and his wife, Wendy, last night. But he's going to come and minister the word of God to us today. Would you please welcome my friend, uh, Pastor Kevin Jones. Come on up, Pastor Kevin. Now listen, you'll probably notice when you see him, he and I work out at the same gym. We're pretty much on the same regimen and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, go easy on him. Are you nervous at all? Just, no. No, you're not. No, you feel good. All right. Once again, make him feel welcome. We're going to have a good time today. All right. Good morning. It is good to be in the house of God. David said, I rejoice when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. It is good to be at Crossroads Church this morning. This place is beautiful, guys. Deep Creek is gorgeous. I've never been here before, and my wife and I are absolutely loving it. This building is beautiful, and I am excited to bring the word this morning. And as Pastor Dave said, my name is Kevin. My wife and I are the pastors of a church in Elkins called Summit Church. We are a growing church. We're a thriving church, we're a hungry church, we're an excited church, and our mission is to see changed lives that change the world. And Wendy and I have been married now for five years. We celebrated our five-year anniversary June 10th. Come on, somebody. Five, five years. Five years. We celebrated June 10th, and here we are in Deep Creek celebrating again. We do not have any kids right now. Uh, we do plan on getting a couple at, at some point, but right now we like our house clean, and we like our evenings free. Where are my parents at? You know what I'm talking about. I've known Pastor Dave for, for several years. Uh, I admire him greatly. I think what's happening here at Crossroads is an incredible thing. Uh, he had a fantastic word last week, four things that I pray for my son. Awesome Father's Day message. He said, I pray that they submit, that they sacrifice, that they serve, and that they stand for what is right, that they stand for truth. And it had me thinking, what do I stand for? Because what you stand for right now is what your kids are going to stand for when they're your age. Amen? Great word, great word. And I just have to say, before we move on, how great of leaders you guys have this church, Crossroads, is blessed. Y'all are blessed, underlined, to have the leaders that you have and Pastors Dave and Patty. Come on, somebody. Now, I could go on. I had like four pages written of, of my life and my story and all the stuff that I've been through. But I have a word for you this morning. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to jump right into the word. Are you guys okay with that? If we jump right into the word? The title of the message this morning is Danger in the Default. Look at your neighbor and say, there is danger in your default. Oh, say it like you mean it. Say, there is danger in your default. Let me explain. We all have default settings, 
okay? We're all wired with a default setting. Sometimes it's something that's just ingrained in you. Other times it's something that we've learned. It's something that we've trained ourselves to do. Like we all have a default perspective. We all have a default attitude. We all have a default outlook or response to certain conversations or certain situations. And having a default can be a really good thing. But if your default goes unchecked, it can keep you from God's best for your life. So just a little bit more about me. Just a little bit. I hate flying insects. I abs- if it doesn't have feathers and it flies, it's going to get swatted. But not by me, by my wife. I stay as far away from flying insects as I can. Y'all, I'm serious. And you may be thinking, but what about the butterfly, Kevin? No, I hate them. I hate all flying insects. If it lands on you and it's a bug, I am all the way out. Now, hate is a strong word, and it's not really the right word. I think think the right word would be terrified. I am terrified of all flying insects, especially wasps, bees. Come on, somebody. Y'all, terrified of wasps and bees. And I moved up to West Virginia, and there are wasps and bees everywhere. And my default, y'all, my default, if a bee or anything that stings gets close to me, is to take off running. When I see a bee, dip out is my default. Anybody else would dip out default when it comes to bees. There could be a cliff. There could be certain death to my left, and if a bee comes at me sideways, I'm going to jump. I'm going to get out of the way of that bee at all costs, even if it costs me my life. I will fall to the bottom of that cliff knowing at least that bee can't get me. So I lived in Nashville before moving out to West Virginia seven years ago, almost seven years ago, and I lived in this house because uh, that's where you live, and I was... <laughs> I was on the roof cleaning my gutters, and there's some leaves, in the because that's what's in the gutters, leaves. And so I, I haven't fallen off at this point, which is good. I'm like 99% of the way through cleaning, cleaning the gutters. And I'm not handy. I am not a handy. Ask my wife. Like, I will try to fix things around the house, and I usually make them worse. On the last handful of leaves, on the, I reach down on the last handful, this is it, and I'm going inside. Last handful of be, leaves, a bee explosion. I pick those leaves up, poof, bees everywhere. Y'all, they must have been having an HOA meeting in there or something because every bee in the neighborhood took off in flight. They were having a neighborhood watch council meeting. And here's the thing. I will do anything. I I said that earlier, right? I will do anything to get away from a bee. And I thought that bees lived in paper mache hanging from a tree. I had no idea that bees lived in leaves, y'all. And here's, here's another thing. I think that they sent a soldier out on recon because the moment that I touched that pile of leaves, a bee was already in my pants and it stung me on the back of my knee. And if you've never been stung on the back of your knee, it is seriously painful. So without thinking, and in a pure state of panic, I stood up, took two steps, and I jumped off that roof like I was running from Saul of Tarsus. Y'all, I have run from bees so many times in my life. 
I have conditioned myself. I have trained myself to respond with a very certain and sometimes severe reaction. But you see, there is danger in my default. Just because it feels like the right thing to do, just because it seemed like the right thing to do, just because it was my first reaction does not mean that it was the right reaction. And you got to know that the enemy is always going to try to trigger your default. If you've got a dangerous default, the enemy is always wanting you to be reactive instead of proactive. You see, the enemy wants your default to be anger, panic, and frustration. But God wants your default to be peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control to keep yourself from jumping off the roof. The enemy wants you to be impulsive instead of being methodical. Because if he can get you to do what seems right to you, he can get you to ignore what is right to God. Now, I tucked and I rolled when I hit the ground. And I wound up with a headache and a sore back. But my default could have destroyed me. And I got to thinking about my defaults. And if you're anything like me, you respond to certain situations and circumstances without even thinking about it. And I have some really great default responses and reactions, and I'm sure that, that you do too. But I also have some defaults that need some direction. L let me give you an example of, of a default that I think a lot of us in here maybe, maybe not have experienced. I want to talk to the men first. So, men. Uh, you try to help out around the house, right? Oh, my goodness. I said, man, you try to help out around the house, right? Okay. So what I'll do is I will see some dishes in the sink, and I think, well, I'm going to go ahead and load the dishwasher. <laughs> and so I will load the dishwasher. The moment I walk away from that dishwasher, my wife will walk right up to, she opens the dishwasher, and she reloads the entire dishwasher. Has anybody experienced that? Okay, now I'm going to talk to the ladies. That's a default response. Ladies, you've been talking to your husband about a problem that you have or a relationship or an issue or something like that. And, and all you want is for him to listen. But the entire time he, you're talking, he is thinking of ways that you can fix the problem. He's not actually hearing what you're saying. And by the end of it, he has a list of three things that you can do to fix your problem. You just want him to listen, but his default is to fix it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Or more practically, and for the message today, you're running low on faith. But instead of surrendering and letting go of control, your default tells you to try harder, to do better. Or maybe your marriage isn't what it used to be. But instead of rededicating, your default tells you to disengage. Or for the younger people, everybody else is thinking it. Everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is believing it. And instead of, of blazing a new trail, setting a new standard, and raising the bar, your default tells you to fit in. Or maybe for you, the anxiety or depression is overwhelming you. It's consuming you. And instead of plugging into your community to the people God has placed in your life, your default tells you to isolate. Or maybe, and I think I'm going to speak to somebody in here this morning, you say yes to everything. You say yes to everything without even thinking about it. And you've become so consumed with pleasing people that don't even appreciate you. And you're putting yourself in jeopardy of being taken advantage of. There is danger in the default. Are you with me so far? 
And a great illustration, a great example, I think, of default responses that could have been better happened about 3,500 years ago at the border of Canaan. So God promised his people in the Old Testament a land that they could call home, a land flowing with milk and honey. And leading up to this point, God's people have been through a lot, okay? The Israelites have just been miraculously rescued by God's servant Moses in what we call the Exodus. And the plan is that when they get to Canaan, God wants to and had every intention of giving them that land to call their own from rags to riches. The problem is... For 400 years, they have been in slavery. And when you live in captivity for that amount of time, you begin to respond like a captive. Or for our situation, when you let a certain lifestyle or way of thinking, a reaction or a perspective go unchecked for too long, you will develop a default for better or for worse. And in Numbers chapter 13, they're at the border of Canaan. Moses is leading them, and they're getting ready to go in. And so Moses sends 12 spies to go into the land. And indeed, it is a land flowing with milk and honey, like Deep Creek. It was just beautiful, just a lake, and, and it was just beautiful. Ski resort, all kinds of good restaurants. But it's also the land that is home to Jericho and Giants. And so when the spies get back to camp, they tell Moses, there's no way we can take the land. Ten of the twelve, the majority, said, absolutely not. We can't do it. Let's look at the last part of their petition in Numbers chapter 14. And this is Numbers 14, 2 through 4. This is, what, this is what Israel is saying. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should become victims too? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a new leader and go back into slavery, back to Egypt. Boo-hoo. It was all negative. God was trying to give them a new perspective, a new default way of thinking. But instead, they said, let's just do what we've always done. Let's go back to what is familiar. Let's keep doing what is convenient. God wants to bless you with a new perspective. God wants to bless you with a new default. But so often, our immediate reaction is, I'm unworthy. I'm unqualified. I'm inadequate. I'm afraid. I am incapable or it is impossible. Has anybody been there? Have you ever felt like God wanted to do something in your life, but you didn't deserve it? Your default reaction is, no way he would do that for me. No way I've done enough to earn that. Have you ever been there? You see, all the Israelites could see was what was in front of them instead of the power behind them, and it was about to cost them everything just because it felt right. Just because their reaction seemed rational and appropriate given the circumstances, I'm sure you and I would have been very afraid as well, there was danger in their default. Listen to this. Listen to this. When life gets difficult, you will always defer 
to your default. I'm going to say that again. When life gets difficult, you will always defer to your default. So whatever you have practiced in the past is what is going to happen in the present. Whatever you have been doing in the downtime is what is going to happen in the meantime. Israel's default would keep them in the wilderness for 40 years. And not one single person from that generation except Joshua and Caleb would get to enter the promised land. Their default led to a really long hike and an unfortunate demise. And I have a question for you this morning. Is your default keeping you from experiencing what God wants to do in your life? Is your default stopping you from what God has Next, maybe the default of logic or rationality is keeping you from believing that God wants to do something in your life that you've never seen before. Or maybe God wants you to step up and start studying the word again. Get back in the word. But your default tells you to Netflix and chill. Uh-oh, y'all were quiet on that one. I'm coming for somebody. Does God want to give you a new level of character and integrity, but your default is to talk about people behind their back? Maybe God wants to give you a different level of positivity and approachability, but your default is to believe the worst about people instead of giving them the benefit of the doubt. Or maybe God wants you to worship him in a new way with freedom and with passion, but your default is to care more about what other people think than the one that gave you the ability to think in the first place. There is danger in the default. Maybe not physical danger. But danger in the soul. You could be right on the other side of breakthrough, but your default is stopping you. And before you know it, we have developed a default that is contrary to the character of God and the will of the Father. And so the question that maybe you're asking and that I was asking myself is, what do we do now? What do we do now that we know there's an issue? Now that we know we should probably analyze our default, what do we do now? Let's look at the response of Joshua. He was, he was one of the two people, him and Caleb, that came back and said, no, no, you guys are wrong. We can take the land. We should take the land right now. And this is what Joshua says in Numbers 14, 8 through 9. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. You see, Joshua was paying attention to the good things. Joshua was paying attention to what God wanted to do next instead of the bad things, instead of the things he was afraid of. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord. Don't fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Joshua was saying, we're going to eat them. It's kind of weird, but that's what it says. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Don't fear them. Sometimes your default reaction is the opposite of your destiny. Your default may tell you to jump and run like you're running from some bees. Jump off a roof, but your default, your destiny is to stand and fight. Fight for change. Fight for growth. Fight for the breakthrough that you want to see in your life. You see, the interesting thing is Joshua and Caleb used to be slaves in Egypt. Joshua and Caleb were there when the plagues came down. They were in the exodus. There might have been a time in Joshua and Caleb's life when doubt was their default. 
when they had an automated response based on what they were seeing and what they were feeling in the moment. But after they saw the sea split in two, and after they saw the provision of God on Mount Sinai, they began to develop a new default. And by the time they got to Canaan, when they saw the giants, they had conditioned their mind to say, if that is where God is moving, that's where I'm heading. I don't care if I've never seen it before. I don't care if I've never done it before. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's where I'm going. Joshua's default wasn't dangerous. I want you to get this. This is important. This is the whole idea here. Joshua's default wasn't dangerous. He was dangerous in his default. I'm going to say it again. Joshua's default wasn't dangerous. It, it might have been in the past. It wasn't anymore. His default wasn't dangerous. He was dangerous in his default. You see, when we get our default response and our default reaction in check, mountains start to move. When our default reaction is obedience instead of our preference, God will show up. When our default is to speak truth into a society that is covered up in lies, the Holy Spirit will show up and show off. There is danger in our default. We become dangerous to the enemy in our default. Joshua and Caleb would go on to conquer the land of Canaan and watch the walls of Jericho fall. Joshua defeated, defeated 31 kings, and Caleb would go on to storm at the age of 85, mind you. He would storm Mount Hebron and take the land of giants because when you change your perspective, you become dangerous in your default. And one of the main reasons that I've seen, and maybe you've seen it too, that we have such a hard time changing our default is because we keep telling people and telling ourselves that it's just who I am. It's just my personality. Maybe you've heard this. I just speak my mind. I just tell it how it is. Maybe, but you hurt people and you're impulsive and reactionary. Or maybe you've heard this one. I don't let anybody tell me what to do. Nobody's going to tell me how to live my life. Maybe. But you're prideful and totally incapable of becoming a more accurate reflection of Jesus. If you want to change your default, it is going to take discipline. It isn't just who you are. It is who you have trained yourself to be. Ooh, it isn't just who you are. It is who you have conditioned yourself to be. You have to be intentional to develop a new default. Write this down. If you're taking notes, this is what I want you to take home with you this morning at Crossroads. If you want to change your default, you have to change what you do daily. If you want to change your default, you have to change what you do daily. For example, I set an alarm. Let me explain. Let me explain. You see, my default face for a long time wasn't good. My default face was very stoic. Eyebrows lowered semi-frown, not really smiling. I was a tough guy, and I needed everybody to know I was a tough guy. At least I thought I was. My face wasn't very positive. It wasn't very approachable. It's funny, but it, it's very true. Some of us in here have the same 
default expression, I know because I see some of you right now. So maybe this part's probably for you. I set an alarm on my phone that went off four times a day. And when that alarm would go off, something would pop up on my iPhone. You can do it too. And it just said, smile. That's it. It just said, smile. And no matter where I was or what I was doing, If I was by myself or in a crowd of people, when that alarm went off, I'd start smiling. And people thought I was strange. People thought I was weird. It didn't happen overnight, and I looked silly. But guess what? I developed a new default. I smile more now than I used to because I was intentional and purposeful and determined to change. I said, I don't want to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years, going in circles, being the same person that I've always been, doing the same thing, responding to my wife the way that I've always responded to her. I don't want to do that. I don't want to view God the way that I've always viewed God. I don't want to think that he's an angry father with his arms crossed staring at me. I want a new default. But if you want a new default, you have to change what you do daily. Back to the story I mentioned at the beginning of this whole thing. Jumping off the roof, running from bees. Would I do anything different right now if I was on a roof and I picked up some leaves and there was a bee explosion? Would I do anything different? Probably not. (laughs) If I was cleaning my gutters tomorrow and bees went everywhere, I'm jumping off the roof. I am still jumping off the roof. We all have our stuff. Nobody's perfect. We can put on a facade and then make it look like we have it all under control. But we all have a default that needs some direction. But guess what? I smile now more than I used to. I'm not addicted to drugs anymore. I haven't been in hand. Hey, come on, somebody. I I haven't been in handcuffs or seen the inside of a jail cell in a couple months. I'm seeing the power of God in my life right now more than I ever have. I changed my default. And I'm here to tell you this morning that you too can change your default. You see, I'm not as good as I want to get, but I'm a whole lot better than I used to be. And that's where you have to start. And a question I want to leave you with this morning, something to chew on to think about during your week is, what default in your life do you need to change? What default? You can ask your family. <laughs> if you don't know, ask your husband, ask your kids, ask your wife. What step can I take today that is going to make me a better person tomorrow? Your default can be dangerous or you can be dangerous in your default. You guys with me? Let's pray this morning. Father, You are a good God. You are the God who moves mountains. You're the God that says, I know it's always been this way, but I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be this way. You're the God who invokes change. You're the God that gives us the power of the Holy Spirit to live this life the way that you've intended for us to live this life. You're the God of miracles. We just pray right now, Lord, if there's a default in our life that we need to fix, that we need to change, that we need to adjust, speak to us right now.
show it. Maybe it's small. Maybe it's really big. Maybe it's just the way you talk to your family, or maybe it's a life change. Whatever that default is, speak to us in Jesus' name. We thank you for the people of this house, and we thank you for what has been happening in this place this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys.